Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am pleased to welcome back my co-host, Jason Waters. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Good, buddy. How you doing? Doing great. How's your weekend been? Hot and wet, but a good old summer. That's For those who aren't <laughs> sure, we are uh, we, we record all our episodes in the great state of Florida, That's right. where I have said in the past, weather-wise, there's not a better better place to be in America from November through March exactly. than, than Florida. It's amazing. Yep. This time of year... The rest of it's just sweating your ass off oppressive, all day. Oppressive heat. Ugh. So... Yep. So... We're going to do a little the year 2022 so far. Uh, for those who had a chance to listen to our end of the year show, 2021, the surprises, the disappointments, and the best, we thought we, we would recap the first six months of 2022. Absolutely. Uh, a year or six months that have seen me go to the movies a little bit more than I thought That's true. I would. Yep. Um, and catch a lot of stuff on streaming. But it's no secret, Jason, you have seen... <laughs> Way more movies than I have. So I am, of course, going to let you take the lead on this one. You've compiled your list, and I will sort of chime in if I've seen the film. And if I haven't seen it, I'm going to defer to you to just let me know if it's something that's worth my time. So I will ask this question. Yep. Overall, first six months of 2022 at the movies, what do you think? On the whole, I think it's been disappointing. Um, on a micro level, some of the movies that have come out that we've been waiting for forever have just been amazing. I, I would say looking at us coming off of the pandemic, the box office is on the rise again. Um, you know, from a $11 billion a year high up till 2019, all the way down to 2 billion in 2020, we're, we're probably going to do double that this year at least. Oh, yeah. Um, so the movies that have come out have drawn people to the box office. And I think the I think it's been a good primer because I'm hoping that for the next six months, that's going to be the consistent movie, not the summer blockbuster style. Yeah, I, I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong. And obviously, we all live through 2020 and 2021, especially those of us that you know really keep an eye on, on movies in the box office. And I, I was, I guess you could say I was a little bit cynical, but I, I saw 2020 as sort of the death rattle, if you will, yep. uh, for the movie going experience. 2021 didn't look great until Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. Um, that movie does incredibly well. Oh, and that, I mean, that buffeted the end of last year and yeah. a, a huge chunk of the box office this so year. I was like, okay, well, you know, I guess people are still going to go see Marvel movies. But to my surprise, you know, there's been some other movies that have done well. I mean, we talk about, I mean, you look at Paramount, for example. Yep. They had three movies, Scream, Jackass Forever, <laughs> Lost City. I'm not even mentioning the the big one that came out in May. <laughs> that all did more than $100 million at the box office. Yeah. You know, so. Well, I think it's proving that people, you know, people are willing to go that 45 days before it hits the, the you know, the streaming services and actually go back to the theaters. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, and there's obviously there's a few that I'm sure on your list that I've seen. There's one later on that I want to talk about, which I don't think you've had an opportunity to see yet, but it's one that I just have to talk about. Yeah, I can't. And a little later on, I did put a little question out on Twitter about what were some of the surprises, and we'll go over that with um, we'll go over some of those responses that we got. So, Jason, let's start with the surprises for the first six months of 2022. 
All right. I don't, I don't know if I should, how I should build up to the, you know, because I had a lot of surprises that were great and a lot of surprises that were not so great. Okay. Starting with the most recent, I think, Elvis. Okay. Have you seen that yet? I have not seen it yet. So, no surprise, I'm not a fan of Boz Lerman. Did not enjoy Gatsby. Going back and re-watching Romeo and Juliet, not a fan of that. This movie is completely mixed for me. Absolutely hated Tom Hanks' portrayal of the Colonel. It was informational, but I think it was like watching a biopic about Elvis where... Every 10 minutes or so, Tom Hanks just interrupted the scene. Sound-wise, musical-wise, di- you know, the directorial way it was done, I liked. thought Austin Butler did an amazing job as Elvis, but it just it fell flat for me. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Um, I grew up, you know, child of the 80s, teenager of the 90s. Elvis passed away, I think, 76, 77, some, somewhere yep. there. You know, a, a couple years before I was born. Obviously know who Elvis Presley is. All right. Familiar with probably 20 of his songs. Seen a few of his movies. Loosely kind of know the story of Colonel Parker. and But it's not... I'm not huge on music biopics as a whole. Me uh, Unless it's something I'm like, I'm a huge fan of this artist. And I'm a lifelong fan of Queen. And I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was awful. So I'm I'm just... I'm... Yeah. Uh, it, the, and the other thing is... That the two-hour and 45-minute runtime for Elvis was enough for me to say, you know what? I will watch this, but this, I can wait until it goes on streaming. Yes. That would be my 100% recommendation. If you have not gone to the theater to see it, don't. You know, they try to make it a social movie, you know, deal a lot with race throughout. But just, I mean, just graze the surface. There's not... There, there's not anything in this movie that is worth going to the theaters for. Okay, and interesting. All right. Yep. So, so that's okay. So that's uh, that's interesting because that and that movie's done well. It's done some good numbers. Yep. So, all right. What do you got next? Next surprise, which I was expecting to be really good, but again was a, a fall flat surprise, was the Northman. Okay. Have you seen it? I have not. I, I mean, I'm not sure if it's the you know. Phoebe Buffay Northman, or if it's Northman, but this was a mashup of Gladiator, Braveheart, and Hamlet, and it was built up to be just this epic Norse battle scene, which it was, but the story just meanders through. Um, there's there's great action scenes, very few dialogue scenes. And I think again, for me, it's a, if you, when it hits the streaming service for free, watch it if you've got two hours to burn. But another one that had Nicole Kidman and you're thinking, all right, we're, you know, we're on the verge of getting back to the theaters because they promoted the hell out of this movie, marketing efforts everywhere. And it just, it didn't deliver. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one was, uh, on my radar. Yep. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. I've hear I've heard very, very mixed. Yeah. I would say mixed to negative is what I've heard the most. I've heard a I've read a couple of people say best movie in ten years, but I've heard the majority say not what I was expecting. It's it's a amped up version of Hamlet. And this is by the same director of The Witch, which came out a few years ago, which I yes. have seen. Which was interesting. It, it, 
kept my attention. It, it did, yeah. It, it kept my attention throughout the entire movie. No desire to revisit it. No, nope. but, but nope. Uh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Okay, all right. Um, I'll give you a couple that um, I were expecting. I was expecting to be bad that I actually ended up liking. We already talked about one of them, The Lost City. Right. <laughs> I actually really liked that. Um, it was like Romancing the Stone, but in set in this era and for you know i i know channing tatum is an action star and magic mike having seen him in 21 jump street and this and you know other movies he's a comedian and he is he needs to focus on that that's what him and zach efron both need to do yes because zach efron in what's the movie neighbors yes he's terrific in that movie (laughs) So, and I'll I'll say you know one of the other ones that surprised me was Dog with Channing Tatum, which having you know seen the previews, I thought it was going to be a straight comedy, you know about a bad. I mean, it was going to be Turner and Hooch all over again, but it was actually a pretty pretty heartfelt you know deep movie. And and what did they say? What did the tagline say on the movie poster? Don't worry, the dog doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they didn't want to, they didn't want another Marley and me situation yeah. on their hand. Spoiler alert, everybody. I'm sorry. Uh, Lost City. I did watch that. You, you described it perfectly. It is a modern day romancing the stone. And younger listeners out there, if you've never seen Romancing the Stone, oh, God. 1984, yes. directed by Robert Zemeckis. This is the film he made right before Back to the Future. Uh, it has a real sort of Spielberg vibe to it. It's That's Michael great. Douglas, Kathleen Turner, Danny DeVito. Yep. It is a ton of fun. It's a classic. It's I mean, and Jewel the Nile that follows. Sequel. I'm not as hot on Jewel of the Nile as you are, no? but okay. I love the Billy Ocean song <laughs> that accompanies the movie. <laughs> you want to sing a couple bars? Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, it's just when the going gets rough. <laughs> tough. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. That's what it is. Uh, All right, so Lost City. Okay, yeah. Lost yeah, City. That, yep. that was pleasant. Pleasant. That's the best way for me to describe it. It was pleasant. It, yep. You know, seeing Daniel Radcliffe as this weird billionaire bad guy, I just... And let me, let me. Uh, I just want to retroactively go back, uh, starting with the beginning of your list. All right, so Elvis, yep. Northman. Lost City. Lost City. Dog. Dog, okay. I'm going to stop. Were all of these theatrical viewings? Yes. Okay, all right. So yep. these are all movies you, you did see in the theater. Okay, yep. I, I watched Lost City at home. So, okay. So far, I'm one... For four on the on the movies, and I have not seen any of those in the theater. So, <laughs> how about um, another surprise that I thought was going to be disappointing, but I actually ended up liking was Fantastic Beasts, the final chapter there. No, I haven't seen no, it. no, I haven't seen any of them. None of them. No, okay, no. not a Harry Potter fan. No, I'm indifferent. Okay, I'm indifferent. Listen, ten years ago. I went to Universal Studios, which is less than an hour away from where we live, and I went to Islands of Adventure, and it was right around the time that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, the Harry Potter Land, had opened up. Now, mind you, everyone, that they had to demolish the entire Jaws ride at Universal to make room for this Harry Potter Land, so that was already one strike. Bruce is gone. That was one strike against it. I didn't go to Islands of Adventure for that reason. It just happened to be there. One of the girls that I was with, she was a huge Harry Potter fan, so she reluctantly talked me and a couple other guys to go over to the Harry Potter land, and I was completely lost. I didn't know. I mean, I mean, I, I appreciated the architecture, and it was obviously they spent a lot of money to make this thing what yeah. it is. Um, and honestly, all I really wanted was a beer. 
and I stood in line. <laughs> you got a butter beer? Well, I stood in line for about 15, 20 minutes for, yes. for, a, for a butter beer, only to find out that there was no alcohol no in alcohol it. In it was it. just cream soda. Yep. And I got a collector's cup. For $25? Exactly. <laughs> so, no, I haven't seen Fast, Fantastic Beasts. And this is, uh, to help me understand here, this is the movie where Johnny Depp's, Johnny Depp ha- we lose Johnny we Depp. Lose, he's been and replaced. We gain Mads Mikkelsen. Is Mads Mikkelsen playing the same character? Yes. Okay, and that's he interesting. He just kills it. Okay. So this is where you get. Um, this is what I was waiting for. It's it's a whole lot less of the Newt Scamander characters. They don't play as big of a role in this yeah, as. It, by the way, everything I, you're saying it's is just, just like just going over my head. Stereo I'm, instructions. See me. I'm just like I'm just like uh, look. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so this is this is Jude Law and Mads Mikkelsen just fighting through this but which one's the who's the who's the main guy in this one Redman, eddie redman isn't eddie redman yeah. yeah so he's he's newt scamander okay okay you know he's the uh protagonist but you've got dumbledore which is now a younger jude law okay um versus mads mickelson and of course the the great drama in this is dumbledore and oh god what was his name grindelwald were former lovers so, a little difficult because Dumbledore's gay. Okay. Which, I don't know if you knew that or not. No, no, I didn't. But, uh, you know, interesting. When we eventually get to Top Gun, I can tell, tell you every <laughs> single aircraft that was in that movie. <laughs> I can tell you that. I, okay. I, I, I've got a handle on that. Everybody's got their specialty. Everybody's got their specialty. <laughs> so, I, I appreciated that. I thought um, typically the trilogies try to go a little too far over the top. They left it open for another movie, of course. But I don't think they're going to go down that path again. I don't want the listeners out out there to lose faith in me. And I still feel like I've got credit when it comes to movies, especially <laughs> 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. But I'm going to ask a question because I don't know. Uh, this is based off of a series of books that she wrote, or is this just... It started off of a, a book that she referenced in the first Okay, Harry so Potter. this is just Hollywood. This is just yeah, Warner so, Brothers going. So I think this is uh, J.K. Rowling as executive producer. Right. Okay, the first so, book was there, but it was you know written after the movies came right. out. So this yeah. is not like there's not there's no source, there's no source yeah. material. Can okay, yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. yeah, okay. They don't seem to be. I know they're making money, but they don't seem to be the phenomenon that the Harry Potter movies were. Because I I remember going to the theaters yeah. every time a Harry Potter movie would would come out and I'd go to my local theater and I'd be in the concession line and everyone would be staring at me because I'm not dressed up as a Harry Potter character. Yeah. So internationally, this one made $405 million. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but 95 of that was domestic. That's not big numbers. It's not. No. Um, and I can tell you when I went to the I went to the Thursday opening and it was like a one or two o'clock opening, um, it was me and one other guy. Wow. So... Not phenomenal. But All right, but you liked it. I liked it. You liked it. All I right. do. How many more you want to go through? Let's just do a couple more of the surprises. I'm going to do one one quick surprise that I liked, but I don't think anybody else did. And this one I did not see in the theaters. This was Ted K. No, I haven't heard of it. Um, so this is the Ted Kaczynski biopic. Well, I've certainly heard of Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, this is a... Actually, now that you say this, I remember the trailer for this. this is really him living in the out in the woods, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's the the screenplay based off his manifesto. So for anybody anybody younger than twenty three, from about nineteen ninety six through nineteen eighty, 
there was someone called the Unibomber, which was for university and airline bomber. Guy used to send, he was anti, um, progressive industrialist society, thought technology was the worst thing in the world and it was going to bring the downfall of our and civilization. On a different level of smart. Like he was, oh, he genius. Was, he yeah. was beyond genius level. Yeah. He was taught one like of, theoretical yeah. math. Yeah. At, yeah. Like he, uh, he's Berkeley. referenced in, in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, he's just yeah. somebody who's just, <laughs> Who's just, you know, just on a different level of smart. Right. So he used to, he mailed, I, I forget what it was, like 20 different bombs to people who promoted um, industrialist society, um, you know, people who promoted logging. So this was Charlto Copley, who I, you know, all of his South African films I really loved playing Ted Kaczynski. And he plays it so well. Uh, I would say... Um, it's not going to find a wide audience, but if you're if you're in a, a very introspective spot and you feel like watching a biopic that accurately represents the person, this would be the one for you. Interesting. All right. So that one, uh, of all the ones you've mentioned so far, that one's got the most, hmm, I, I'm going to check that one out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That one, of, of that list right there, that one's that one's the, seems to be the most interesting one so far for yeah. me as far as. You know, when we're done recording, going to go home, and I usually watch a movie on Sunday, I probably will watch that. All right. Well, I'll give you a choice on the last of the surprises. Okay. Father Stew. Okay. Or Marry Me. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you're just going to have to talk about them both. Because <laughs> they're on your surprises. So so this is this this is concerning. One of them's really concerning me. One the other concerning. One, the other one I'm like. Have, you, have okay. you seen both of them? I've seen neither of them. Okay. Okay. Now, now just okay. this is what I know. <laughs> Father Stu, true story about a boxer who becomes a priest. Yes. Sorry, Mark Wahlberg, who apparently put some of his own money into this movie. Yeah, he financed it. He did the whole um, Mel Gibson. God, what was the movie the, with Jesus? The Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ. Yeah. I mean, he did that, and he actually reached out to Mel Gibson about, you know, should I put my money into this and finance it? Because Mel Gibson made, like— a billion dollars. Yeah, off Mel, Mel Gibson did. Yeah, uh, I don't think Father Stu did those kind of numbers. No, no, it did not. Passion of the Christ was a uh, a worldwide phenomenon. Oh, and it still is. You still, can't get yeah. through Easter or Christmas without it being promoted on every single streaming. Service. I saw it once. Uh, <laughs> that is a. I read the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. That was so good. Um, yeah, that's a oof. And I'm not saying anything that. That people have who have it's seen tough it. to. I mean, it's so tough to get through. It is. Yeah, I mean, you know what you know what's coming. Yeah, it's but it's just, um, and that's. I mean, you can't be surprised when you watch a movie like Braveheart. Yeah, uh, that he's gonna go th that extreme. Yeah, but shit, you're not ready for that. Yeah, but no, I mean that's one that he just retired off of. Mm. And yeah. yeah, I did not like Father Stu. Okay. I did like Marry Me. Okay. Now, Marry Me. <laughs> now, that might take my cred down a little bit there. Marry Me uh, is, uh, don't say it, it's J-Lo and Owen Wilson. That's correct. And Sarah Silverman. And Sarah Silverman. Who really just steals the up. show. Yeah. Okay. I love Sarah Silverman. Oh, yeah. she, she's terrific. Yep. All right. Um, I, so, I, I really didn't, I really did not want to like Marry Me. Um, I tried because I don't like J-Lo in most movies I've seen her in. I mean, Angel Eyes, um, Geely, like the cell, the cell, <laughs> but she, she's good in Selena. Yep. I'll give, I'll give her that. She she's, was great in, um, in living color. Yeah. The backup dancer. Uh, uh, yep. Not take anything away from her. I've never liked her acting. She did good in this. Okay. 
Owen Wilson plays a divorced father to a, a you know teenage daughter, and you know the, the whole premise is she was supposed to get married on at a concert on national TV, and two minutes before she finds out that her fiance has been sleeping with her assistant, and he's accidentally holding up a sign that says "Marry Me" because Sarah Silverman gave it to him, and they get married. And that's just okay. And it goes from there. Kind of sounds like reminds me of a movie that came out in '99 called Notting Hill. Yes, with uh, Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts, which was probably the last good great romantic comedy. Oh, geez, that's a bold statement. Yeah, it is. yeah, and and I would I would put this one up against probably anything that's been out in the last couple of years. All right, better than Notting Hill? No, no, God, no. no, no. Notting Hill is great. It's amazing. I that's love a, that movie. That's a great movie. Um, so I would say if you're if you're out there, um, you and your wife, girlfriend, whatever, are trying to find a movie to watch, it's a good rental, about an hour and 45 minutes long. It's, it is worth the time. Okay. All right. And, but with what, what, what went wrong with Father Stew for you? It and was, you can get into spoilers if you have to. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, no. So it was just, it was a downfall the whole movie. So it, you know, it starts off with him, you know, the rough way he is and, his drinking, his attitude, car accident, and then he realizes he wants to, you know, join the seminary, and he does, but there's people who don't doesn't don't want him to join, and then he gets in, or he doesn't get in, he gets diagnosed with, you know, a terminal disease, Jeez. so it's just like one thing after another, and you finally get to the end, and it's like, all right, well, can we just go ahead and make him a priest? Can we just do that? Let's make him a priest, and they do, and then it just... It was a, it was too much trauma for one movie. I needed, I needed an up and a down or a little a levity. Was there any levity in it? Not much. Even with Mel Gibson in it? Not worth it. I, so I would say as a biopic, I would see it if it was free. If you've got nothing else to do and you want to end up depressed at the end of it, it's, okay. wor- it's worth a watch. Okay. You know, here's the thing. I've literally seen like one movie on your list so far. This is why that's, I want well, that's to, good. I want you to take lead on this one, but you've and this is the surprises. So, if those are the movies when walking away from the surprises going, yeah, there's a couple there I want to see. Now it's time to talk about the disappointments. Disappointments. I'm going to leave the I'm going to leave my one of mine there for the last one. So okay. you, you tell me when you're ready for the last one cuz that'll be our debate one. Okay. All right. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. All right. So disappointments for the um, first 6 months of 2022. Let's let's just start off with an easy one. Okay. Moonfall. Moonfall. I have seen <laughs> Moonfall. We're we're off and running. <laughs> what did you think of that? It was, you know, here's the thing. Okay, I know Roland Emmerich films. I had Peter Winther, who was a producer uh, on he he was a producer. He worked an associate producer and then a producer. I had him on the show a couple of years ago, and we discussed. You know, he started off with Universal Soldier, Stargate, Independence Day, Godzilla, The Patriot, Day After Tomorrow, and then then Peter went off to do his own thing. It's interesting to kind of look at Roland's story from the beginning, like from Universal soldier to stargate they didn't have a lot of resources uh independence day becomes the big one of the biggest movies of all time then the godzilla thing you know yeah when you get to 2012 independence day 2 and now moonfall i haven't seen midway did not appeal to me i have, I have not yet to see midway that's good um I actually liked it the problem with Moonfall, because I like disaster porn from time to time. <laughs> okay, I like I like that shit. Okay, 
So I was actually like on board with like, I'm, it's Roland Emmerich. I'm going to see some crazy things happen. First of all, you're not going to believe me when I tell you this. The movie's too short. What? It's not long enough. Oh, dear God. Because there's so much unexplained in this, in this movie. Well, the fact that they have to explain, there's a spoiler but, alert. But th- th- that's the thing. It's like, that's so unnecessary. You could make a movie about the moon falling off its yes, axis and just absolutely. coming towards Earth. Absolutely. And that's more terrifying yep. than the reason why the moon is coming hurtling yep. towards Earth. Shoot an asteroid at it and kick it off its but axis. Does that make sense? Like, yes. Like, like it just happening <clears throat> is way more terrifying. Right. Way more terrifying. Yep. Um, and this one was in such... Okay. There was character development in Independence Day. Yep. There was. There was... Expo- things were explained. There's a scene in Moonfall where they're like, we've got to get up in space. Well, how are we going to get up there? Well, the space shuttle Endeavor is at a museum here in L.A. It's cut to the space shuttle Endeavor being towed down a street. I'm like, no, wait, hold on. Yep. Hold time out. A lot of questions I've got for you here. A lot of questions. Number one, is this ship in working order? Number two, how do you – this thing would have been stripped apart. Yep. Like, this is how what are you I mean. getting what that down the road? It needs to be a little bit longer just, yeah. to, just to explain because everything was convenient. How are we going to get there? Well, we need to do this. Boom, we're doing it. Yeah. There's there was no challenges. And it was it what, what was the was the dark side of the moon, the Transformers mm. one, where even still yeah. on that one you're like, "All right, well, I can sort of buy into this." That was great. The the mm. the cold open, the prologue of Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Or Dark of the Moon. Dark sorry. The moon. Sorry, Pink Floyd <laughs> fans. Um was great. The, yeah. the, the way Bay just sort of weaves in the space races because yep. both the Russians and Americans saw something crash land on the moon. That was great. Yeah. Oh, God, Moonfall. <laughs> Here's the thing. I never finished it. But I got like an hour and a half into it. Oh. I never finished it. I was just, I was done. You don't, you don't need to. I was I mean, done. I, I, I hate to say this. I bought it for $19.99. Oh. I didn't see it in the theater. I bought it and I'm like, all right. I know it's got a Rotten Tomatoes of like 37%. So does Roadhouse. <laughs> does it really? Yeah, Roadhouse that was sucks. savaged by the critics. Um, One of my favorite movies. And I watched it, and I just, I just got to the end, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Didn't even get like a bikini scene with Halle Berry. I mean, it was nothing. And, uh, it's the worst year, worst movie I've seen this year. Wow. Okay, that's that's bold statement. Yep, definitely. All right. Interesting. All right. What, do you, what else you got on your list of disappointments? Um, that was what, the first one? That was the first one. So it, that was the worst one. We'll okay. start off with that. Firestarter? Yeah, no, 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 thank you. No, not, not interested. Uh, like the first one. Like the first one. Yeah. Yep. Just shouldn't, it was a, a reboot of whatever you want to call it, should not have been made. Yeah, that, that's, it, the, 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 leave it, it alone. And NBC knew that because yeah. they put it on Peacock Day the same day it went into the theaters. Like, just, they knew it. Yeah, leave um, it alone. Yeah, that, that, like, what are you doing? Yeah. That of all the movies that needed to be remade, like find if you're if you're hunting for stuff because you've run out of content, don't don't do but that. But the original Firestarter wasn't a successful movie when it came out. It no, had, but it's a it's a cult classic it's a now. It's a cult classic, you know. What are they going to do next? Cat's Eye? Yeah. I mean, God. Rocky Horror? Rocky. Shawshank Redemption? <laughs> don't you no, dare. I, Back to the Future, don't Jaws. You dare. These things are going to happen in our lifetime. Uh, yeah, no, Firestarter, that's a, I mean, yeah. that's one of those ones where 
I didn't. I've never even seen a trailer for the movie. I'm just like, no. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm good. I didn't watch that one in the theaters. That was a that was an, um, a rental for me. One that we've talked about before that I just we can just gloss over. Morbius. Yeah, yeah. Big so, production. I, I started it. Yeah, I, I mean, I still I, didn't make it through. No, I, was like I, just, ten, I mean, I was there's like, there's no point. I was like ten minutes in. And no, I was like no this. I, this was this. I, you know what? I I would rather go back to my book that yeah. I was reading. One that I have to eat crow on after talking about it on our last podcast is Jurassic World Dominion. Interesting, Jurassic World Dominion. I did not like it. It you were you were all in on. That I one. was in fact, so in. I was trying to convince you so hard to go see it. Um, the CGI was great. I mean, the dinosaurs were great. Um, it was, gr- I mean, the nostalgia of seeing all the original characters back, but it wore off about right when the second act started and just dried up. It I, just, it went nowhere. So that is, that is a movie that, you know, once it hits Peacock, which it will probably in the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll watch it in chunks. You know, I'll I'll watch it. You know, twenty minutes here, you, you 20. Watch, like you did with Morbius. Watch the first half and just see everybody get back together again, and then ugh, just it falls apart. From what I understand, and I haven't seen it, you could probably speak to it. Um, there's like multiple plots going on at the same time. Everything and, that just doesn't wrap up. It's, so it's a continuation of the the second one, right? Where now you've got, you know, pterodactyls. Everywhere you've got this giant race of, I don't even know what's the biblical locusts. What? I mean, <laughs> that's where you get into like this. There's, there's locusts in the movie. Yes, like the these giant bioengineered. Oh, for Christ! I sake. mean, oh, oh, for God's sakes! Wait a second. Okay, so you've got for, you've got the apocalypse designed by geneticists, and wasn't this okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. From what I understand, with the end of Fallen Kingdom, the movie ends and the dinosaurs, the, the, the little girls release the dinosaurs. Yep. And they're out. Yep. And you're left with. That's the, just the ones that were there. Right. You're left yep. with this, oh shit, the dinosaurs are now going to inhabit the world. And that's kind of like the cliffhanger. Ray's going to hand Luke the lightsaber type. You know, this is how, this is what we're going to end on. Yep. And. Sounds to me like they tried to go too complicated. Yep. They tried to... It's essentially um, Planet of the Apes. Which one? <laughs> the original. Oh, okay. So... Okay. Um, I was going to say, I, I like the Matt Reeves ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is this is essentially um, what we have wrought is now going to come destroy us. But it... Fought, I mean, just... Let me ask you this. too is, much. Is B.D. Wong a good guy in this movie? No. He's still a bad guy? Or is he dead? Does his character die? It does. Well, oh, oh, well right. no, sorry. Spoiler free, yep. but um, he was a good guy in the first one. He was a good guy in the first one. Just begins his descent right. into the first two. The, I don't even know what you call these. The well, this is the sequels. second trilogy. Second, yeah. Hopefully, they don't make a third one. Of course they will. Of course they will. <laughs> well, make let's money, see. Man. The box office total here is in third place overall box office. Oh, okay. So international. So so it's. Maverick. Top, Top Gun Maverick, number one. My next disappointment. Will be Doctor Strange Doctor and Strange. the Multiverse of Madness, too. Hey, all right, listen. This is good. This is good because I watched the first 10 minutes of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what, what am I doing? 
Like, this is this is awful. Have, what, have you seen the original Doctor no. Strange? Okay, no. but I've I've seen Infinity War and Endgame. Okay, you know, uh, we've talked about this at nauseum. Mm-hmm. I am n- Benedict Cumberbatch. Get out of Marvel. And I thought that's what was going to happen here. Okay. So this, I mean, that's my next on my list. Um, Sam Raimi taking up the helm as the director. We lost another one. Just R.I.P. Let me pour a little out for I Sam mean, Raimi. But he, and then the one thing I love about this, the one out of all the Marvel movies, I'll have, to, I'll have to think about this after I say it, where we get someone coming back from the dead, literally a corpse reanimated in this one. Don't think that's happened even before, but Sam Raimi does it. It happened in Justice League, but that's not, not Marvel. Not Marvel. Yep. Superman. But yeah, I mean, you end up with, you know, who ends up? Doctor Strange from an alternate universe comes back as a corpse. Like, I want listeners out there. Come on. Listeners out there, correct me if I'm wrong, because I am not, obviously, not a big Marvel guy. (laughs) But I was listening to the Blank Check podcast. And if you've never listened to Blank Check with with Griffin Griffin and David, it's it's awesome. It's one of my favorite. Go on the list. One of my favorite podcasts. Uh, and they were talking about their episode about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I think they alluded to the idea that the pandemic had really fucked up Marvel's planned, like how they were going to release these movies. And from what I understand, Doctor Strange was technically supposed to, the second one was technically supposed to come out before No Way Home. Huh. Because you don't hear from what, what what they said, you don't hear any talk from Stephen Strange about the events that had just happened to him in No Way Home. Yeah, um, boy, they've really struck gold with this multiverse thing, haven't they? Oh, it, it opens up. Oh, Jesus, I, I mean, mean it's endless. It's that, that, so the, the only good thing in this is you get to see. We've probably already blown some of the spoilers, but I mean, you get to see. Professor X. So the X-Men join. But who cares? Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just. uh, Listen, listen. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Okay. They jumped the shark. Of course. Listen. Here's my thing. All right. The Hollywood pitch. No, you know what? I'm going to say. I'm going to say this later. (laughs) The the, the pitch meeting in Hollywood now is they want the audience to be sitting in the theater going, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. Remember, Remember? We're in our 40s. Remember when we went to the theater and our reaction was, I've never seen anything like that before. Like, That's holy, incredible. Yes. Holy shit. I've never seen something. Walking out of the theater, calling your friends on the landlines going, you have to go see this movie. It's incredible. Yes. Got to get back to those days, man. Yeah. I really do. That's my, sorry guys. That's my. No, that's true. hundred percent. But no one's going to green light $75 million plus another 75 million in marketing for something that's unproven. No, you have to self-finance it. Yeah. Like uh, like Mark, Mark Wahlberg did. Like Mark, poor Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Do you, you think he's going to have to put another album out now since, uh, <laughs> since he lost so much No, he's got to put one. a couple more Wahlbergers out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got I got one one more small one that okay. I, think, I think suffered more from social media than anything else. Okay. Um, you got me. Interesting. Death on the Nile. Yeah. So... Jam-packed with, I mean, an all-star cast. All I know about this movie is this is Kenneth Branagh directing again. Directing, yep. He did he did Murder on the Orient Express a couple years ago. Yep. Uh, that was successful. Successful yeah, movie. I, was, I actually really like that movie. Yeah. Um, 
Death on the Nile is just him playing that character again. Hercule Poirot. Poirot, yeah. Yep. Okay. And the only thing I know about this movie is that Army Hammer is in it. Yep. And the studio went out of its way to try to hide the fact that he was in this movie. Like, yeah. I think even airbrushing him off of movie uh, they, posters they or did, digitally removing him from movie posters. I think they stopped marketing it, too. Yeah. Like, they, um, they just kind of wanted to bury this movie. So I did not see this one in the theaters. It was a rental for me. It was just... It was way too much. It was it was Orient Express on steroids. Too many characters. It's... I mean, laughable to say, but this would have made it a really great novel, which it, it, it did. <laughs> it was with Agatha Christie. This is a classic case of the book is better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, without giving the major spoiler from Murder on the Orient Express, which I think has a very clever ending it does. When, you, when you find out uh, who did it. Yes. Uh, is there a fun twist ending to Death on the Nile? You don't have to tell it's, me, but... It's it, a small twist. Okay. So you definitely get a, a murderer or two. It's definitely not a crowdsourced kind of everyone was in on it or, you know, it's a twist ending. Um, so there's a satisfying conclusion to it, but the story just meanders for way too long. And it, it, it just suffers from a, a, a really bad screenplay, I think. How did it look visually? Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cinematography was great. Kenneth Branagh is one of my favorite directors. Yeah, yeah he's... Um, he did great. Just the story, the pace, it it felt like 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. <laughs> okay, so, okay, well, you said you got you were saving one? Yes. For, okay, so this is uh, the, the final one on your disappointments in the first six months of 2022. Final one on my disappointments. I will not, I will say it is not the worst movie I've seen this year. Okay. Too loud. Oh, no. No. Too. No. <laughs> you already know. I already know. No, no. Too loud. Too discombobulated. I'm going to defend this Too one. long. Too long? Like two <laughs> hours and 15 minutes. Too terrible dialogue. The Batman was too long. <laughs> the Batman was too long. And that movie is The Ambulance. Yes. Okay. All right. So. Uh, I don't know if we've really talked about it. We too were much. scheduled to do a podcast yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah, something happened. Yeah, I, I, I'm not one sure. of us got hungover. Yeah, yeah. it's probably me. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, there's a fifty-fifty <laughs> chance. Uh, for the record, I don't think either of us are hungover right now. No, I, I didn't go out last night. Nope. Um, so, I've seen this movie three times now. Mm. I saw it once in the theater, and then I've watched it twice at home. Okay. I don't think the, you could pay me to see this again. The the first time watching was very uh, you listen, it is frenetic. Uh, and that's putting it mildly. <clears throat> it is. I'm an unabashed Michael Bay fan. And I've, you know, with the exception of the, some of the Transformers movies like yes. like I can't speak to him as a person. I have certainly talked to individuals who know, have worked for him, and there are some I'll just say this extreme opinions about him i'm gonna leave it at that i know nothing about him personally but i cannot deny the fact that i love a lot of his movies as do i and this one i just had a good time with i had fun with this movie it's very i mean it's there's some novelty drone stuff he's using <laughs> here um some of the, i mean the the drone stuff yeah the, the camera shots i mean Phenomenal. By the way, they wanted to market this movie as only costing $40 million. 
You know, I've said to say to that, like that literally like, like it's like Michael Bay makes a movie for $40 million. Bullshit. Yeah, let me, let me see the bottom line. Shit. You are not, no, there's no way that movie was made for $40 million. (laughs) That movie was made for minimum a hundred million dollars. No effing way. Yeah. Okay. This is not possible. Because I remember that was one of the things that I was going to go, like going into that movie, I said to myself, I knew I had read the article that this movie only cost $40 million, and Michael Bay was disappointed with some of the CGI shots. There's very little CGI in this movie. And I will say that this movie could have been made for $40 million mm-hmm. and probably would have been better. I think so, too. Yeah. You know, it's I, I am a big fan of when when good directors are limited with their resources eh, that's the issue with marvel movies you get unlimited resources right. just, anyway Ty- taika yeah hit the brakes do a sequel to what we do about the, what yeah. we do in the shadows we don't need another thor movie anyway so going into the movie i said all right i am gonna see a restrained michael bay and the last time i saw a really good restrained michael bay movie was 13 hours the secret soldiers of benghazi have you seen that i have that is still on my list of movies to see i have not seen that okay that's a true definition of a man who didn't have a huge budget but the movie still looks good yeah. but it's it's not I mean, it's not Ambulance, not Bad Boys 2. There's not some of these ridiculous over-the-top action sequences. Right. It's it's grounded in reality. Yeah. Uh, it's his Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Okay, so you really need to watch that. Yeah, I, I do. But here's what, I mean, here's what I'll say. First of all, the, the plot holes in this just, I mean, all Jake Gyllenhaal had to do is when the cops showed up to the bank in the morning say, sir, we're not open. He's like, oh, I just need to, I'll be really fast. Be like, sir, we're not open. I'll let you know when we open. The movie's over. He could have said to the cop, movie's over. Give me 10 minutes. Yeah. But what I, I'll tell you this, what I appreciate is him and his partner were talking about, the, I mean, he quoted The Rock. He quoted several moves, <laughs> several Michael Bay movies. I mean, so I, I get it. But his partner's like, haven't you seen The Rock? Yeah. So. For $40 million, you're primarily in an ambulance. You could have done all that drone footage. I, I just – for me, the story wasn't there. Jake Gyllenhaal's character wasn't believable. Um, I was left with a sense of – what I appreciated the movie, I was left with a sense of, are they going to get away with this? That's what I liked about this movie, the fact that – I, I genuinely didn't know. And so I was interested all the way to the end. Like, are they going to get away with this? And and, and admittedly, there is a uh, very squeamish scene, which I think oh, you warned you yeah, warned me I about. warned you about that. You saw this a couple days before I did. Yeah, in the theaters. And, yeah. and, uh, and I saw it in the theater, too. But you were like, hey, there's a certain scene in this movie uh, where I know you're going to have a tough time with. I, I watched that entire, like, like this is nuts. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. There's a paramedic who has to do an emergency medical procedure on on the cop. Yeah. Okay. So leave that to all right. So that was one of your disappointments. That was one of my disappointments. Yeah. I think and here's what I'll tell you what bothers me about this is the character of Danny with Jake Gyllenhaal and character of Cam with Isa Gonzalez. They're literally the same person. You have a beginning scene where she goes she goes to work and she saves a little girl. And then gives a shit about that little girl. And they're, I mean, at the end, Danny's, spoiler alert, getting ready to blow her head off because it's his job to get out of there with the money. 
it just it could have been so much better and to me it wasn't okay this if i was putting the list together this would have gone under my surprises okay okay i wouldn't have fallen under my best we didn't talk about your surprises or, or worst. oh no 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 this is just oh, because, okay you know I, I because i'm pretty sure i'm just pretty sure there's a lot of movies here that so all right all right so we've gone through your surprises your disappointments let's get into your best best of the first six months of 2022 all right so i'm gonna start slow and we'll kind of build up to what you know the, the best were um one that i was expecting to be bad and i didn't watch for a little bit was hustle uh it's a netflix movie with adam sandler about basketball yeah, I did see that one. Like you, I didn't see it when it first came out, but it was starting to get a little bit of buzz online. I was it starting did. to see people call it one of his best movies. It's up, I, yeah, I would say it's up there with like Punch Drunk Love. Here's the thing about Adam Sandler. He makes crappy movies. <laughs> <laughs> he's a better dramatic actor, yeah. I think, than he is a comedic actor. And I think yeah. he's funny. I think he's a funny guy. Yeah. Uh, but... When he does like the serious roles, like Rain Over Me and Punch Drunk Love, I think he's really and really uncut good. gems. Uncut gems. Oh, yeah, Jesus. that's the most anxiety-inducing oh movie God. of all time. Uh, Hustle. I. It was interesting because we live in this world where, especially on Netflix, I didn't pay pay to rent this. So if this doesn't really grab me in the first twenty minutes, I'm out. Yep, I was in. Yeah, I was really, really impressed with this film. And I think he's got like a what is it like a six or seven picture deal with Netflix that yeah. they're giving him. $300 million to make some movies. But and he squandered a lot of that. Yeah, he did. And it made some crap, which is why I didn't watch this until someone was like, I just watch Hustle and it's really great. Like, like what, what else what? is it? Really? Like the Ridiculous Six, you know? Like, yeah. Like, these are not good movies. No. It's just an excuse for him to hang out with his buddies. I'm sure they're having a blast making them. Yeah. But Hustle was real. No, it was good. It was a, it was a drama. It was a comedy. Um, it was heartfelt. And... You know, you. I found myself halfway through, just not really on the edge of my seat, but just rooting, going, "Come on, man, we gotta, we gotta get this guy into the NBA." Yeah, and it was, it was fun. So, what am I? What am I? It's not the greatest movie you're ever going to see this year, but it was, it is worth the watch, and it's on Netflix. So, what I found interesting about it is, I'm admittedly not a big basketball guy. Me like, neither. Like no. I am much more football, and uh, you know. I, baseball type of person yeah uh, obviously hockey being from canada <clears throat> basketball basketball is really not something that i've like it's you know it could be that i'm just terrible at it <laughs> that, that could i am into, five foot six so yeah. so you know there's there are you know i've never won a pickup game of basketball <laughs> in my life and what was funny was at the end credit scenes they just kept saying like you know Joe Blow as himself, Don yeah. Johnson as himself. I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. And, you know, it's like I haven't even, I never even won a, a game of double dribble, you know, on <laughs> Nintendo. Like I'm terrible at basketball. Uh. But that being said, see, I like movies that give you the kind of an insider's look into that world. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm a huge fan of Moneyball. Yeah. With Brad Pitt, the baseball. I, I like movies that give me the behind the scenes of, yeah. of what it's like. Cause I didn't, I had no idea how like deep the layers go in the NBA with like the D leagues and, and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I really, I was, I found it an interesting story that really kept my attention the entire time. So good pick. Yeah. Definitely. I can see why that made your list. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to throw a couple of documentaries out there. Okay. So documentaries ever, you know, probably in the last three years have been, my favorite field of of cinema. 
Um, there's one called I Am Here. Uh, synopsis on that film? Uh, it is a South African woman uh, who was in the Holocaust. Oh, geez. Okay. Who reached out to a Holocaust denier Oh, uh, to start a dialogue. It's, it, it is... It is a good movie if you're at the point of activism where you're tired of the political drama and you just want something real. Do you remember how you watched that? Because that sounds like something I'd be really interested in seeing. That's... I rented that on Apple TV. Okay. Um, called I Am Here. I Am Here. Okay, that's interesting. It's a 98-year-old woman um, survivor of the Holocaust, and it goes through – she's starting to explain to her family for the first time what actually happened to her because she had – kept it from them for so long and coinciding with the rise of white supremacy right now and people just i mean the flat earth people and yeah. the holocaust deniers saying this never happened this is a you know this is the left telling us you know revisionist history and they can fuck off <laughs> i'm just gonna say and, that right now you know yeah. I, I, I don't ever really try to get political <laughs> on my show but those people can fuck right. I off. wholeheartedly agree. So um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to make a statement like that. If you're a Holocaust denier, you can fuck off, and you don't need to be listening yeah. to this show. And the second one, which actually surprised me, so it's an HBO documentary, and it's Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off. Okay, uh, okay. To, for those who don't know, Tony Hawk, professional skateboarder, first guy to ever do what a nine sixty, nine forty, whatever it is, yeah, nine twenty. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, Great. I don't know if this is featured in the documentary or not because I haven't seen it. But there's this great interview with him on YouTube where he's talking about the first time he got a residual check from the the Tony Hawk video game. Yeah, he couldn't believe how much money it was. Yeah, it shows that entire thing. Okay, okay. Um, It goes from him, you know, being a kid in California all the way up until now. And the whole, you know. You really need to watch it to understand what happened to skateboarding, which was so popular in the 80s to just being non-existent in the 90s yeah. and to it coming back in the late 90s. Coming back huge. And lest we forget, Tony Hawk probably gave the greatest performance in Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. <laughs> Not seen that. Okay. There's a skateboarding <laughs> montage, which he is in. He, really? He, uh, he's a, uh, he plays the stuntman. He plays... David Spade's stuntman. Oh Lord! In, uh, in <laughs> I did not in know Police that. Academy. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, that's like eighty six, eighty seven. Really? So, yeah, he was young. Huh. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, so he is. I want to say, what do they say? Like fifty six, fifty seven now. And then you know, the movie ends. The documentary ends with him doing the half pipe again and knocking himself out completely unconscious at 56 and then getting up and skateboarding home like so good for him yeah so what's the name of it uh tony hawk until the wheels fall off okay but it interviews every major skateboarder from the 80s through the 90s so if you know for people of our generation and you know 40s and early 50s you'll definitely get a kick out of it. oh i'm excited that one's good all right uh, hbo max and, and every like when you last last time we did one of these shows you know, you had mentioned a couple documentaries, and I'm like you. I I, I really enjoy a, a documentary. Uh, the what was the one you recommended? The Rescue. We're going to talk about that coming up too. Oh yeah, that was that was good. That was really um, good. Yeah, that's that's that was a great one. All right, so one I just saw today, the Black Phone. Ethan Hawke, 
Okay. Yes. Uh, director. I, I, the director's name is escaping me. Um, but he did the Sinister. Or, yes. I think so. He done a couple of um, different. I think was he the one that did Doctor Strange, the initial one? I believe he was. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I believe he was. Um, he, he escaped. Yeah. He got out. He, he escaped before the second one. Yeah. yeah. So this one was, um, and I was reading a review on it, and I think it was probably the, the most apropos review. It was from Stephen King, who said, this movie is Stand By Me in Hell. Okay. And it kind of is. That's high praise. So it's it's supernatural. Um, it's, you know, you're... It's not your regular old horror, like, slasher. Like, one movie I saw this year, X, which was just... Bru- I saw X. Brutal. I mean, it's like... That was Ty West. Yeah, Texas know. Chainsaw Massacre meets... Meets Deep the, Throat. Deep Throat, yeah. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was horrendously hard for me to watch yeah, that movie. it really was. Um, not that- so much this. This is more suspense, more um, science fiction, I would say. More Stephen King-esque. Okay. Um, but really great performances out of the entire cast. The movie takes place in the 70s, correct? Yes. Okay. And it's in Colorado where there's a serial killer who's abducting children. Um, and a, a brother and a sister, one of whom has psychic abilities, kind of sees what's happening. And her her brother is taken by this this killer. And there's a phone in the basement where he's at. You know, it's disconnected, but supernaturally, his past victims can reach out through that phone and call him and tell tell the kid what to do. Interesting. Um, so I, without giving too much away, it it's it's, it's very suspenseful. Um, it's one of those you're like, run out the door, run out the door, run out the door, and the kid's running out the door, and the phone rings, like, don't run out the door, <laughs> like, oh, don't God. run out the door. Okay, okay. So, um, and from what I understand, Ethan Hawke's character has the best name in horror movie history, The Grabber. The Grabber. <laughs> I love that. Which, like, so, and, um, yeah, Ethan Hawke, like we were talking about, he was in The Northman, Northman. He's, you know, he's survived the ages and just really picked some smart movies. Yeah, he's really doing over his the last own few thing. years. Yeah. yeah, like, he, he's really doing his own thing. All right. Yeah, Kudos Black Phone is on the short list of might go see that in the theater yeah uh, it, I can wait. if you if you'd see it in the theater you won't be disappointed but if it comes out on video it's it's definitely worth catching okay all right good De- choice definite rental okay one that we've talked about on this show actually two that we've talked about on this show the batman okay all right and the unbearable weight of massive talent all right let me just start by saying that again this was your list yes if I was to have put my list together, the Batman would have fallen under the disappointments for me. Wow. It would have fallen okay. under the disappointments for me. For time? For, you know, yeah, well, that's a big thing because I I just constantly refer back to The Dark Knight Rises, which was two hours and 45 minutes. So, yeah, granted, 15 minutes shorter, but I was so... In that movie, yeah, I was so disappointed when the movie was over. I want more. I, 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 I was so. I didn't feel the runtime at all, and okay. with the Batman, 
Look, there's a lot to be said for a fact that this is a three-hour movie that it's has so no business long. being a three-hour movie. Yeah. Uh, it, you give those guys FaceTime, and it's a two-hour movie. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> That's it. There's, mm, yeah. And That's where it suffers you know, from and, the most. And, and again, why, why does The Dark Knight work so well? Why does Batman 89 work so well? Why does Dark Knight Rises for me work so well? I know some people are not a fan of that movie, but I am. Because you're not just spending time with Batman and Bruce Wayne. You're spending time with the villains. I mean, the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises both have cold opens where we are introduced to these larger-than-life bad guys. What's missing from the Batman is the mystery of the Riddler. We should be knowing this guy and what he's, we should be, there should be scenes of him doing whatever, whatever it is he does. So we really understand the power of this character. That for me, that's. Yeah, I I would agree. I would think of, you know, a flashback to his, because we get the, the drama or the, you know, the trauma from his childhood, from what he tells us, but you don't actually see that, which I think you're right. That would have been important. I'm going to be very curious with what they do with the sequel that to me i'm gonna be curious yeah because i'll i'll admit like by the time spoilers for the batman everybody's on hbo max you can watch (laughs) it pause if you haven't heard it by the time we get to the climactic action set piece inside madison square garden i'm just checking my watch going all right well there's 14 more minutes left in this movie fuck me all right i'm just like i can't do this well and i think uh, and on this on the second one they set it up for the joker However, right. they also set it up with what appears to be Venom for Bane. Yeah. So either way, hopefully, hopefully they take the literally every single comment I've read is it's too fucking long. Yeah. Well, Two hours, 15 but, minutes, taut thriller, go. But that's the thing is an argument can be made for a three hour movie. Sure. Okay. An argument can be made for a two-hour and 45-minute long movie. I, I, I made it for Dark Knight Rises. So the fact that the Batman is nearly three hours long, it's what's in that three hours that's so frustrating. Yeah. is because there's so much that could be trimmed off or, like you said, this seems to be the only world where nobody has a cell phone. <laughs> you know, like you – you can't text through an encrypted, encrypted ma- yeah. messaging. You don't have WhatsApp or <laughs> Telegram or whatever the hell they use on Hey, Detective 6. Gordon. <laughs> Learn uh, anything? No, me neither. All right, we'll keep trying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so yeah, that I mean, that's on your best. And and you and and you had that opinion when we did a show when we did a show on it. Like, yeah, you had your, that. I mean, you know, I still don't think it's the best Batman movie. No, no, I don't um, think so. But either. I think it's a great entry into the. And I, and I know this because when it hit HBO Max, you know, I I started I fired it up. And it was like interesting because as soon as that movie starts where you're looking through the POV of the Joker with his and I'm like, all right, well I can fast forward like six, seven minutes. It's yep. gonna be like so I'm literally like moving the little cursor on my iPad and moving like that. that. <gasps> yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, like, oh, I know this goes on for a long time. Then we get to the part where the Batman's first introduced. Like, that's cool. All right, yep. all right, I'm at that part because that should tell you that. Yep. After one viewing, I'm like, oh well, I can skip ahead the first ten minutes because nothing happens. Yep. So, all right, well, that's yeah, okay. And we, like I said, 
we we did an episode on this, which is is still available for people to listen to. So yeah, we and little, the unbearable weight of massive talent, now, which that would make my best of that's of the, such of the a year good so far. Uh, so I've I've have now probably seen that at least four times. I've seen it twice, and it just gets better with every watching. I catch more and more each yeah. time. Well, it's what inspired me to do Con Air for the dinner and the movie nights. You know, <laughs> and we're doing the whole Nick Cage summer. We've got. Uh, that's right. Uh, what do we have coming up after Con Air? We've got The Rock, the Rock. in August, and, and then, then Face uh, Off. Oh, excuse me, Face Off is Face Off is this month. We're doing Face oh, Off okay. on the twenty sixth. I'll be right that down. And then The Rock is uh, is going to be in August, and then we're going to do um, Raising Arizona in oh, September. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I don't know how much more we could say. There's not on much that more one. to say it's except just... uh, yeah, obviously, if you are a fan of Nicolas Cage, particularly '90s Nick Cage movies, yeah. Uh, you're gonna have a blast with this film, and, and or if you're tired of seeing him in every movie, yeah. you know, three movies, four movies a year, watch this, and you'll understand. <laughs> he makes fun of himself for it. The breakout performance in this movie is not Nick Cage; it's Pedro Pasquale. Like he yes. is so <laughs> likable in this film. Yeah, and there's that mystery that that era of is he really somebody else and you know i don't want to get into spoilers but it's it becomes very satisfying when you figure out who he really is yeah you know so just a fanboy yeah just a just a great great movie yeah so okay next next um how about a, a little light-hearted one that i i did not watch in the theaters really did not want to watch at all and i did and spent an evening drinking beer and laughing my ass off as jackass forever. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I got to say. Okay. I saw the first jackass in the theater. I watched the show. I mean, it was a 90s thing. Yep. yep. I, I definitely grew up on show. jackass. I was not. For those who don't know, jackass started on MTV. And yes. this is still the 90s where things were still heavily censored or, or there were rules about mm. what you could show on television even yeah. cable television my how things have changed but oh dear god yes having said that watching the first jackass in the theater oh i was not prepared <laughs> and i just can't and it's i have nothing against it i'm sure it's hilarious but some of the stunts are so cringe inducing to me, so I can't watch this. Yep. They so I I don't I, think I've gagged more. Yeah, you see that's what I can't. I don't think I've seen more dicks. Um I need to see the edited for content version they're, of they're, Jackass forever. It's four minutes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I I've listened to podcasts out there where they describe some of the things that have happened and uh, I'm just like, no. So that that's that's what I that's the reason why I didn't do this because after Jackass I think it was three. I don't know. There's Jackass Forever. It's probably, it's got to be the last one they make. These guys are in their 50s now. Yeah. Um, so 10 years older than us. Literally getting hit. I mean, <laughs> every possible way in the groin or attacked by bulls or drinking pig semen or, I yeah. mean, just like. <sighs> there was a time when I'd been like, all right, cool. Let's watch Jackass. <laughs> That time for me has it's come gone. and gone. Maybe that should have been on my surprises list. But that's all right. That's all right. But I mean, I mean, uh, I give it my I give it my full endorsement because if if you're a fan of Jackass and you haven't seen it, see it. Nobody I've talked to that has seen it has said it was a bad movie. <laughs> they, they all said it was fucking hilarious. It is hilarious. But, but 
they also said, Dana, we know how squeamish you get about certain <laughs> things, so this is definitely not going to be for you. And I heed that advice. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Interesting. I think I'm ready for my, my final two. Okay. Before we before you get into the final two, there's a movie I want to talk about real quick. Okay. And it is, I think if I was to do a list of films, uh, you know, the surprises, the disappointments, and the best, this movie would fall under the category of surprises for me. It's a film that I, I'll just say the movie's called Men. And oh. it's directed by Alex, written and directed by Alex Garland, who kind of came onto the scene in 2014 with Ex Machina, which is awesome. A brilliant, brilliant Love movie. Love that movie. Um, and then he did a movie that was made for Netflix, Annihilation, which was uh, with Natalie one. Portman. Very, very trippy, trippy movie. Yeah, I, don't, um, I didn't see that one. Uh, vastly like a like a complete 180 from the confined feeling of Ex Machina. Okay, so then he does a movie called Men, which came out this year. I saw the pre- you you told me about it. I saw the preview for it. I think it hits Apple TV this week. Okay, um, I um, have a friend of mine, and she had seen it, and she had seen it twice, and she she had kind of warned me like this is a very deep like this is going if you have a soul and if you have empathy for humanity this movie is really gonna fuck with you oh and i trusted her judgment and i said all right i'm gonna watch it we were chatting on the phone one day and i said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go see the movie right now and then she said call me after you see it Two hours, two and a half hours later, I called and I'm like, I, 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 uh, I, <laughs> I can't I live don't know anymore. what I just saw. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need days to process this. <laughs> I, I can't give away too many of the plot points, but I will say that it on, it's, it's kind of on a smaller scale than Annihilation in that it's basically our, our lead character, our protagonist is a, uh, is a young British woman who has experienced some tragedy in her life. And decides to get away from London and go to a cottage in the British British countryside, and basically like an Airbnb. It's not I shouldn't say a cottage. It's a it's a big palatial house that she rents on Airbnb, and a a series of events start to happen. And this is I go I went into this movie not knowing if this was a comedy, a drama, a horror movie, a thriller, a psychological thriller. We can. We can scratch comedy off the list because <laughs> it is certainly not a comedy, but it is a psychological horror, a horror movie, a fantasy movie in some capacity, uh, an incredibly trippy movie. And it is not for the faint of heart. If you've experienced emotional trauma in your life, albeit or or real trauma, albeit physical abuse, emotional abuse at the hands of somebody, this movie Trigger warning. Okay. Trigger warning for this movie. The first hour of the film, it's a whole lot of set, like what is happening. There's a lot of eerie imagery. There's a lot of tense, like I was on the edge of my seat, very tense moments. The third act of this film was so what the fuck. <laughs> there, there's a particular thing that happens to one of the characters. Uh, I'm just put it this way. There's sort of a metamorphosis that happens to one of the characters. Oh, man which is a very visceral thing to see on screen. And I was like, I just can't believe I just saw it. And then it happens again and again and again. 
And again, it happens six or seven times in a row. And each time I'm just looking away from the screen. Like, I can't look at this. Like, it's so. And this is on your best list? This is on my surprises Surprise list. list. Okay, just this making is, sure. This is on my surprises list. Why this is a, made, would make my surprises list. Watching this film, which it did not do well at the box office. Movies well, like that probably never will. Is, but this is a movie that will remind you of the power of cinema. Because we uh, sit down and we watch Jurassic Park or Doctor Strange or even Top Gun Maverick, which yeah. I loved. All right. And you walk away, and that was great. Oh, that was oh, that was fun. This one, you walk away like, who am I? You know what? 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 Is, <laughs> That's how I felt when I left Mulholland Falls, and yeah. I was like, what the fuck did I just like, see? Like, I just want to call some people I know. Like, are you okay? You know, like it was the the fact that cinema still has the power to do this is is why this movie would make it surpri- make my surprises list in the theater or at at home. Oh no, I watched it at home. Okay. It sounds. It reminds me of Lamb that we talked about last yeah. year. Yeah, it's um, probably not. It sounds. This sounds worse. The thing about the thing about men is there is some really heavy imagery in the film. Nothing I couldn't handle. All right, because I get yeah. a little squeamish about things, but things that happened in that third act, I had to look away. I was like, I can't, I can't. And there's so much more I want to talk about the film, but I can't because. Right. Um, I don't want to spoil some really key, not just necessarily elements of the film, but some interesting things about the film itself, which I cannot even get into because without spoiling it. Well, I think you probably got a, a good bit of intrigue for the listeners because now I'm now I can't wait for it to come out. But I do want to remind everybody this film is not for the squeamish. All right. It is. It is. If if you are, are we talking like Mandy. No, I'm talking like if you've had a, if you've been in a traumatic, physically okay. or mentally abusive okay. relationship, like you Don't are, watch this. you're going to have a difficult, I would think that you're probably going to have a difficult time with this film because there is a lot of gaslighting that happens in this movie. There's a lot of, it's interesting that it was written by a man. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to put it that way. It's interesting that it was written by a man because he, he knows way, how to torture women. Well, no, no, but just, just the fact that he is, he is making a statement. He is making a statement about men. Okay. Certain kinds of men, not all men, but certain types of men out gotcha. there. He's making a statement about them. And it, uh, for back to a better term, he's exposing certain types of male personalities out there. Good. Okay. And it's, like I said, it's, <laughs> it's heavy. Uh. We'll talk. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Don't be excited. No, I'm not, okay. <laughs> Don't be excited. I'm, I'm sadly be, excited. Be prepared. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So I just want to make sure I talked about this on the show before we get into the last two of um, of, of your list. All so right. I know what one of them is going to be. You want to talk about it? What's the other one? Uh, the other one, which – so the obvious one is Top Gun Maverick. Correct. I, you know, I will be – I would be surprised either way if it doesn't get a Best Picture nomination. Because they get they give ten ten movies this year. Yeah, Best yeah. Picture nominations. Well, we'll have to kind of see what what the rest of the field is on the technical side of things. It's going to get. I, I'm predicting a minimum of eight nominations just on the technical. Oh, the yeah. editing, the soundtrack, the, the yeah. choreography, the uh, choreography, the cinematography. <laughs> I don't the know that dance scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, what do you mean? What do you what else do we say about Maverick? It's it's my favorite movie of the year so far. I've seen it three times now. I've I've seen it twice. Um, I still have not made a third time. I really wanted to. It, well, it, you know, here's the funny thing is you got plenty of time to see it in the theater. Well, I, I'm wondering because it keeps saying it, on Apple TV that, you know, pre-order now. Yeah. It's not giving a date yet. Yeah, but. It's not. It, by the way, we're it's supposed to come out. It was supposed to hit Paramount Plus 45 days after its release. Yeah. Okay. So with its today is July 10th. It came out on the 27th. So we're we are probably in theory it would have been like sometime next week. Yeah. We're recording on a Sunday, July 10th. Sometime the following week, it was, but, but it's not. It's one point three billion right now. Yeah, it's making so much money. Why stop that, it? But they're not going to. I yeah. mean, at this point, the and second Tom, and third and Tom rewatches. Percent, Tom, <laughs> Tom Cruise gets fifteen uh, percent of the first dollar grosses of this film. Oh wow! Okay, so once, and that is first dollar is once Paramount has and the and the production company has recouped recouped its budget and and marketing costs and all that stuff. Then we get the first dollar grosses. Uh, so right now, where it stands on paper, he has made $80, 90000000 million off of this film. He got paid That's fifteen nuts. to be in it. Yeah. So he's made $100 million off of this movie, and they're just going to keep this. Th- it's going to play all summer. That's it, It's going to play all summer. And it should. It I mean, should. now that, yeah, why not? Let it go. Have you found anyone that didn't like this movie? Nope. I mean, I don't know. Somebody will be going to be on no Twitter. Way. Be like, oh, I didn't like this movie. But I mean, my we so we went to go see Minions: Rise of Gru today, and as we're walking out, big sign across the movie theater that says, you know, entrance to Maverick. And my son Maverick sees that and he goes, "Oh, that's Maverick. It's Top Gun. Let's go watch that again." Yeah, four years old wants to see it. My wife loves it. Her best friend Camille loves it. I mean, everybody that I've talked to across genres, races, creeds, you know, whatever. Everyone loves the movie. Yeah. So. I mean, it's 100% my number one yeah. of, of the year so far. Well, I'm going to tie. I'm going to give it a tie with my other number one. You have my attention. Have you seen everything, everywhere, all at once? Yes, I have. And? And it's great. Yes. It is a very good movie. I reached out to my friend Eamon out in Dublin immediately after I watched. I took a. A, a screenshot of, or a, a, I sent the film poster to him over via text. I said, stop what you're doing and watch this movie right now. You literally, though, have to stop what you're doing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you no. You cannot. But I have some thoughts. Okay. But please. So here's what I here's what I loved about it. Um, I think it's Michelle Yeoh's best movie. I Not take anything away from every, anything else she's done. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I mean, she's... She was in the Minions movie today. I think her performance, and I i don't know the entire cast performance, but every single person in this movie was amazing, including Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Who, who plays Deirdre Bobeardra. <laughs> I mean, it, it hits on sci-fi, martial arts, kung fu, Drama, comedy, it just, it crosses the spectrum, kind of like unbearable weight of massive talent. That just, it's got something for everybody and it's got a message. It's got a clear story. It's got philosophy in it. I mean, just, I love that movie. Let me tell you the, the thing about this movie that pisses me off. Okay. Okay. That I shouldn't say pisses me off. That frustrates me. All right. Is... This movie 
deserves to be released in a world where Marvel films don't exist. And yes, and this is that whole this is what brought me into that twins movie that I that I had sent that you've got within three months of each other, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness yeah. and everything everywhere all at once about the multiverse. And the Spider-Man movie. And the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And this one stands alone. It's not a Marvel movie. It's lost in the shuffle of Marvel movies, Correct. though. Correct. Everyone just goes, all right, we've got oh, another, another Marvel movie. movie. The multiverse. Are oh, you kidding me? But these but, guys, you know, planned it out 10 years ago. It's late it's, to the parade and... This is a movie everyone should see. Absolutely. Everyone should see. Yes. And understand that it it wipes the floor with anything Marvel's ever done. At, oh, oh, 10 times over. All right. Wipes yeah. the floor. And guess what, guys? It's R-rated. It's R-rated. You get to see, and, you know, for anybody who's, you know, unsure about it, there is a good five-minute scene, a fight scene, where Michelle Yeoh is trying to keep people from putting butt plugs in. And then after they get the butt plugs in, spends a good five minutes trying to pull them out yeah. <laughs> during a fight scene. <laughs> so if you, that alone was enough for me to just go, what the fuck is I mean, this? not something you're going to want to watch with your kids. No, no. Definitely, no. It's, 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 a, it's a movie for adults. Yes, 13, adults. And up. Yeah. <laughs> 13 and up. Yeah, 13 and up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All I'm saying is... Um, it just you, you as the movie progresses, it it started off and it did not have my attention whatsoever. Oh, interesting! It did me. I, I, I was I was right into this because no. I was like, where do I know this guy? Where do I know this guy? Oh, and I but, wish I could remember his name from Big Trouble in Little China. Well, um, no, he was he was short round <laughs> in Temple of Doom. No, was that him? And he was Data. Shut in up. the Goonies. I was talking about the grandfather. No, I'm from talking about oh, James Wan. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I'm talking about. Oh, I'm talking about the on. husband. I, I did like, not even know that. I said, I was like, that's short round. Ugh. That's data. That and made, it, it is him because th- then I looked him up and he, right. he was doing an interview on I think it was Seth Meyers or Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel where he's talking about what got you back into acting. He's like, it was this script. Okay, well, this I, this is my number one then. It's your number okay. Because <laughs> now seeing him with the fanny pack fighting, yes, like yes, yeah. that's him. All right. Yeah, no, I I I I love Maverick, but this is All right. This, this was I I have now seen this twice and it just keeps getting better. It's it's right up there with me. Yeah. It's right up there for me. Um everything on your best list I've pretty much seen and Good. And, and can't, you know, disagree well, except for the Jackass movie I see. <laughs> but you know what, Jason, I um I posed a question on Twitter a couple days ago, and I just said, doing some research for an upcoming episode, which movie surprised you the most this year? And I got some responses. Oh, I'm curious. And I just want to go through a few of them. And uh, I just want to let everybody know that I am terrible at pronouncing certain names here, so I'm going to do the best I can. But please, please. Uh, Workaholic said, Top Gun. It did not suck. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Uh, hang Correct. On just a second. My good friend, Michael Scott co-host of the 20th Century Movie Club, someone who's been on this show for the better part of five years. Mike, if you're listening, I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you, buddy. He put The Lost City, expected it to be insufferable, <laughs> instead found it delightful. Okay? Dennis New Year O put Speed, surprised by how great it still is. <laughs> so I guess that's well, somebody who watched this year. Hey. You know what, Dennis? I can't I argue with can't, that. Yeah, that's that's a correct I, statement. I probably put that on at least once every two years. <laughs> yep. Most Adamus says, 
Thought I would hate the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's one of my favorites of the year. I haven't I, seen it. I started watching it, and then I said, you know what? This isn't for me just because I feel like I know where, as far as like how gruesome this thing's yeah. going to get. So I haven't, but I haven't watched it. I heard it's like 77 minutes long. So it's one oh, of these. Oh, really? Yeah, like it's a quick watch. It's a quick watch. Watch it on the can. Yuri Razin says, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yuri Razin, you're a smart person. Okay. Tinda, I'm going to apologize if you're listening. All right. I cannot pronounce your last name, and I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but this post is up on Twitter. She put RRR. I've heard of this. I have heard of it. This is that Indian movie. Yes. Uh, I've, I've had a few people reach out to me and well, say that it was incredible. One of the best action movies of all time. Really? That's, I mean, that's a bold statement. So we were talking earlier, um, the top five movie internationally right now is Watergate Bridge. Okay. $626 million. I haven't even heard of that. Is it a Chinese it's film? It's a Chinese okay. film about the battle at Chosin. Okay. Made 117000 in the U.S. Oh, so. Okay. I'll have to check out. I've it's triple R. Or, this, it's like triple X or R. I've heard of it. I've heard. Right. Um, she Add goes on to say, then everything, everywhere, all at once, and Maverick 2. And then she put an, an honorable mention. I knew I would enjoy Thor Love and Thunder, but I had no idea how much. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. like I, You I, haven't I, seen it yet, have you? I My whole family got COVID, and I didn't want to go to the movies on Thursday when it came out. And um, read the reviews that were abysmal. Oh, okay. And just said, if I find a day that works, I'll go. But if not, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I am. Um, I I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I like Taika Watiti. I like his humor. What We Do in the Shadows is one of the best movies of the past twenty years. It's one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long amazing time. Amazing and Free Guy too. Yes, yeah, and then uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Have you yes. ever seen that? That's a great movie. He's great. I mean, and I know he's the director, and you know, I know he's had a hand in this in the script. So, if I'm looking for something that's going to be fun, I'm assuming this is going to be it. But you know, it, again, yeah, I got roasted. G said Maverick. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. My friends over at Songs Gone Wrong said Maverick. There we go. Even though their mission was straight out of Star Wars, and the ending dragged a bit. <laughs> The ending dragged a bit. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to respectfully disagree. I thought the second act dragged maybe the first time I saw it, yeah. but the ending. Well, I think we, you know once you womp rat the Death Star, then yeah. you, then it's over. This was you got it, and then you crashed, and I, then had more fun. I need some clarification. Songs gone wrong. I I do. I need some clarifications on on what part you thought dragged because I'm I'm just curious. He said, in the ending, dragged a bit. The cinematography was insane and enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Epi Epiphone says, Apollo 10 and a half. Forgot all about it after the initial announcement until the day it dropped with zero fanfare on Netflix. I have not heard of this. No idea. So far, it's my favorite movie I've seen this year. Like Apollo 10.5? Uh, it says 10 and a half on Netflix. Let me see where they're, what country that they're in. Alabama. Cartoon. Okay. YouTube. Chase Masters is the person who wrote that. I just couldn't read Epiphone. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll, give it, I'll give it the first 10 minutes. What's the synopsis on that say? Film tells the story of the first moon landing in the summer of 69 from two interwoven perspectives. It captures both the astronaut 
and mission control view of the triumphant moment and a lesser seen bottom up perspective of what it was like from an excited kid's perspective living near NASA, but mostly watching it on TV like hundreds of millions of others. That was a run on sentence. Is it a narrative or a documentary? It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Oh, okay. Interesting. With uh, Glenn Powell, Zachary Levi, and Jack Black. It's got a hangman in it. Directed by Richard Richard Linklater. Oh, geez. Oh, okay, that's all you need to say right there. there Linklater, dazed okay. and confused. There you go. Glenn Powell, hangman's in it. Yeah. So, Josh Harding said, ambulance. You son of a okay. bitch. acted almost as a decoder for me on all of Michael Bay's works. It even made me do a marathon of his movies, and now I don't have too much of a stick up my butt when it comes to him as a filmmaker. Well, Josh... I'm right there with you, buddy. Stick uh, it back up. <laughs> okay, so are you just not a big Michael Bay guy? Are no. You? Okay, so I, I love The Rock. Right. Bad Boys. Bad Boys. Transformers. The first one's good. Transformers two. Uh, I don't know about that one. Um, what about Armageddon? What, what about The Island? The Island. The Island. Okay. Pain and Gain with Mark Wahlberg. Actually, and I, I kind of like I that. I saw that in the theater. Um, Pearl Harbor. Pearl big, Harbor. I like Pearl. Okay. So okay. this is where like the big explosions, like The Rock. Love that. Mm. That's great. Pearl Harbor. Come on. He was trying to do Titanic. Well, of course. The Titanic I mean, storyline with Pearl. Like the actual attack on Pearl Harbor, which is an hour and 30 minutes into the movie. Well, the attack on Pearl Harbor was less time than the movie. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Jesus, you're right. Um, if you if we would like to see a really good movie about the Pearl Harbor, I recommend Tora Tora Tora. Uh, from here to eternity. Okay. Frank Sinatra. Tora 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 was a joint production between American and Japanese filmmakers. Ah. So Japanese filmmakers did the Japanese portion of it, American filmmakers did the American portion of it, and it was seamlessly blended together. It's incredible. Okay. Tora Tora Tora. Came out seventy, seventy one back then. Um, and let's see. Last one. Betty Quinn says, unhuman. Such a great twist, plus the extra twist at the credit scenes. So freaking good. Unhuman. Yes. And it says, uh, looking at the poster here, it says, the dead will have this club for breakfast. Unhuman. An Epics original film. Epics, the streaming huh. service. And it says, Blumhouse pre- presents. Oh, there we go. Blumhouse is on everything now. Yeah. Absolutely. Good for them. They're doing it right. All right. I'll add that to the list. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Before we wrap things up, we're halfway through this year. I have mentioned I have mentioned that obviously the, the big movie I'm looking forward to is the new Avatar because I've always made the case never bet against James Cameron. Um, the more I think about it, the more I think Nope is going to be a, a movie I see in the theater. It's um, coming up shortly. Coming up shortly. Yep. And then you were... Gracious enough to pick up tickets for a September 13th or 14th? Uh, yeah, 13th. A September 13th of a Fathomed Events Presents Clerks, Clerks 3. Clerks 3. We're all in on that one. I, I'm, I, so I, I watched the, the trailer. It looks, I mean, it's, it's meta. It's meta, yeah. Um, it very much drags in unbearable weight kind of synopsis, but it's, it looks fun. Well, the thing about the trailer, and I kept reminding a couple of people, I said, people reaching out to me going, did you see the trailer? I said, yeah, but the trailer's nothing. I said, what do you mean? I said, look what it's rated R for. Crude sexual content, a per- a per- perversive language throughout the movie. 
I said the he, the trailer is probably the only minute and thirty seconds of the film that he they, could they put, can't that show. he could show in a trailer. <laughs> I said I don't think you guys are even ready because yeah. if he's going to go off the rails like he did in Clerks Two, I was going to say the horse. And yeah, I, I put on Clerks Two the other day again. <laughs> I usually stop it when we get to that scene. I think it's a. I think it's so fucking funny. It is. What's what is the guy's name? Is it Kelly? Uh, yeah. Kinky yeah. Kelly. Kinky Kelly. <laughs> oh, God. No, I, I can't wait to see what he comes up with for this. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm going in with some tempered expectations. Yep. Because this is uh, this will be 16 years since the last one. Yep. So we'll see. All right. So that's so. tell me what else is on your list of upcoming you're looking forward to. Okay. So Whale. 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 Brendan Fraser, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Okay. I'm out. No, I'm out. Okay, I've uh, Black ask, Swan. Ask me how many Aronofsky films I've liked. How many? Zero. None, really. Zero. Why? Mother. Oh well. Did you see Mother? Well, no one saw Mother. Noah. <laughs> Come on. Requiem for a Dream. Now that one will fuck you up at the end. There's not been. Wait, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. The Wrestler was excellent. Yes. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Okay. But Aronofsky. That was Mickey Rourke's last good movie. Yeah, well, then he had a little run with the Expendables, you know. Uh, but for Aronofsky, there are a few directors that just their mere mere mention of their name is enough for me to go. I'm not interested, Later. and and I don't think he makes bad movies. I for me, this is going to sound crazy. I don't find his movies to be particularly engaging. For okay. me, that's just me though. All right, so premise. Yeah. Starring Brendan Fraser. Okay, that's interesting, though. Coming well, back. Welcome back. Welcome back. 600-pound middle-aged man named Charlie tries to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter. The two grew apart after Charlie abandoned his family for his gay lover, who later died. Charlie then went on to binge eat out of pain and guilt. I'm out. Okay, you're out. I'm out. We're crossing it off. <laughs> Dana's out. I'm out. Okay. No, no, this is this is when I say I'm out. This is I'm not going to go to the theater to see these movies. Okay. Okay. So I, I want to clarify. Uh, uh, that's an interesting premise, but I'm I'm out. All right. The next one that has the Oscar buzz, Fablemans. Don't know that one. Tell me that one. Fablemans is semi autobiographical coming of age drama directed by Steven Spielberg from a screenplay he wrote with Tony Kushner, starring Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen. Paul Dano, mm-hmm. and Gabriel LaBelle. Spielberg film? Spielberg from directed by Spielberg. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Yeah, it's it's loosely based on his life. Yes. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Killers of the Flower Moon. All right, go on. I don't have that one pulled up yet, but this is Scorsese. Okay. Uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio, oh. Jesse oh, Plemons. I've heard of this one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Is this, this going to be a Netflix or is this going to be a no, theatrical? this is a full theatrical release. Okay, yeah, I'm in. Um, so I'm this, in. Is, this is about the Osage... Reservation murders in the 20s and 30s. Yep, I'm in. Go ahead and book you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bardo. Bardo. This is going to be a Netflix release. Okay. Um, this is an Alexander Inaritu, uh directed film. Okay. On Netflix. I know nothing about it other than I love Inaritu for Birdman and The Revenant. I don't know if you're a fan. 
Uh, Birdman was interesting. The Revenant was they, they, they were interesting. They, they were both interesting movies. Okay. Birdman was kind of cool. I like the way that was filmed. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was good. I mean, one best picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way it, the way you get that no cut like a yeah. Hitchcock film, like like nine, 1917 was yeah. also yeah amazing. Uh, we already talked about Nope, Bullet Train, Brad Pitt, action. <sighs> I eh? don't know. I don't know. I've. That trailer has me so conflicted because Brad Pitt is smart enough not to be in a bad movie. It looks fun. It, it looks fun. I'm, I'm, I mean, probably, probably going to see that in the theater. I mean, that's what, okay. like, again, I'm only him and hawing about seeing something in a theater. I'm not him and hawing because I'm, I'm like, I don't want to see the film. It's just commit to go to see something in the theater. I'm like, I, I don't know. But okay. it, that one has my interest peaked. Well, here's here's one that I'm looking forward to, and I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. Okay. Best picture next year. Oh, okay. Know nothing about it, but I am just love the documentary so much. So the we talked about The Rescue. Yes. The making or the film adaptation of that is coming out in a month. Oh, okay. Who's behind it? Ron Howard. Okay. Colin Farrell and Viggo Mortensen play the two central characters. Oh, okay. So it is an Amazon Prime release, not into theaters. Mm, but Amazon does own some movie theaters, so, <clears throat> so they'll, they'll definitely but, get it out. And, you know, yeah, they'll for get contention. It, they'll get it Oscar qualified. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Okay. So yeah, yeah. That that I mean, obviously. So I, yeah. I watched the preview and I was like, oh, it, "There's a trailer out." There's already? a trailer out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it, I'm gonna watch that when we're. It done follows now. along pretty well with the other movie. Very few comedies I see coming up, but. Bros. Okay. Have you looked at that? Nope, not yet. With Billy Eichner. Who okay. Normally I can't stand because of his voice. Um, stand-up comedian. He was in Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, tons of stuff. He plays a gay man who is asked to write a movie about gay people that straight people will like. <laughs> okay, I like the concept. That's good. So the, the, quote, I li- <laughs> the quote I like from the trailer was, so what do you want me to do? Do you want to see me butt-fucking Jason Momoa while worrying about a volcano about to erupt? <laughs> um, All right. I'm in. That, that sounds great. It, it looks it looks pretty good. All right. I got three more. Okay. Resurrection. Resurrection. Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth know okay. very little about it other than um, it's got a lot of buzz. Uh, drama where it looks like Tim Roth is a character who's just terrorized her in the past and comes back into her life. Okay. All right. Um, I like Rebecca Hall. Yeah. 3,000 Years of Longing. Why does that sound familiar? George Miller. Oh, I did see the trailer of that with Tilda Swinson. Yes. And Idris Elba. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. It looks, let me tell you something. It looks like Aladdin on drugs. Yeah, it looks super bizarre. Yeah. Super bizarre. And I'm going to say that in a negative way. Oh, uh, I'm getting high before I see that movie. Yeah. Uh, I know he's working on the Furioso movie right now. The prequel, Is he? prequel to Mad Max. Oh. The filming's begun. Yeah. Um, so well, this one's, I think it has an August release. Okay. Yeah. That, that's right. I, but I, for those who are looking for something trippy in the fall, uh, 3,000 years of longing, check out the trailer now. I'm going to be curious what the, what the rating on that is. If it's PG 13, I'm probably going to wait for streaming. If okay. it's R rated, I'm probably going to see it in the theater because I know if it's R-rated, it's going to go places. Yeah. Because um, Miller's crazy, and I say that in a good way. He's so he's so good. Yeah. Uh, Don't Worry, Darling. Don't Worry, Darling. Sounds see the previews familiar. for that? Sounds familiar. It's Olivia Wilde directed. Okay. Um, okay. Harry Styles, Florence Pugh. 
comedy? Uh, it doesn't look like it. It looks okay. like a surreal sort of drama um, period piece in like the 50s, 60s in California. Okay. Olivia um, Wilde, did she do Booksmart? She did. Booksmart yeah. was hilarious. It was a great movie. That was like such an That was her first film. directorial, that was her directorial debut. That was debut. the uh, sort of the female version of Superbad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the best way for me to describe that film. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, that's not to say, I mean, it's it's on par with Superbad. Like it's really funny. Was that was that twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen? I think it was like right before twenty nineteen. I saw it in the theater. Okay, I saw it. It was yeah. I definitely saw that in the theater. Uh, That was that was really really. I need to rewatch. I've only seen it the one time. I I need to rewatch that. Yeah, that's a good point. Hilarious. My list too. I'm surprised I don't own that. It was so good. So, all right, Jason. Well, my friend, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts of the first half of 2022. If I could just end on one more quick little side note. I woke up Saturday morning. I should let me clarify that. I woke up yesterday morning. And I was feeling a little rough. I had gone out the night before and <laughs> had a couple beers and had a few hours to kill. And I decided to watch a movie, revisit a movie from 2021. And I'm going to say this again. I don't understand where all the hate comes for this movie. I think it's fantastic. That's Halloween Kills. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've watched this thing like nine times. And I love it. I love it. And I am so excited. Because I think my sources are telling me we're going to get the trailer for Halloween Ends next week. Which will be out in October. So put that on the list of definitely going to see in the theater. Oh, all right. I write it down. Halloween I, ends. I, as long as it's the conclusion. For now. I just can't I can't deal with any more of those. You didn't like the 2018 one? I love the 2018 okay. one. They ruined it with the second oh, one. I, said just, just, I, like the, I think the second one's better than the 2018 one. Now, my, my wife agrees with you. Um, Thank you, Sally. <laughs> she is... Somebody actually agrees with me. I feel like I'm alone in this world. <laughs> she is a, a huge... like So before anything else came up, every single Halloween for the last 20 years that we've been together, she makes us watch Halloween 1 and if we're still up, Halloween 2. Right. And she was excited about the first uh, Halloween 20... Was it 2020? 2018. 2018. And when this one came out, we saw it in the theaters and she went bananas. And I'm just like... Evil dies tonight. All right. I'm I'm so glad I'm not alone in this world. I genuinely feel like uh, I feel like 20 years down the road, people will be like, Dana was a trailblazer when it, when it comes to this movie. He championed it. You know, he championed it. So so I just want to make sure I find a nice way to segue that Good in job. to let you know that in October, I do plan on seeing Halloween ends in the theater. All right. So I'll, I'll let you go with my wife. I'm going to see how David Gordon Green ends the trilogy. Oof. And on that note, everybody, Jason, thank you for for doing the show. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk soon. we got another episode coming up. We're going to be recording. And uh, for everybody out there listening, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Dana Buckler Show. I'm on Instagram at the Dana Buckler. If you want to email me with questions or comments, you can do so the Dana Buckler Show at gmail.com. And, of course, you can always sign up to our Patreon where you get uh, early access to all of our episodes, including a lot of bonus content not available anywhere else. If you want to do that, you go to patreon.com slash howisthismovie. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So, Jason, we'll talk soon, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks, man. And for everybody listening, my name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much.